0: listening to the agenda exclusively on the Pod Station
1: To the, the fifth uh, episode of the Agenda for West Wirral podcast. Um, those of you who have listened to other podcasts will be uh, up to speed on the on the format and what we're about. And we started off um, a podcast just for, for news and politics and the agenda of the, the local scene, you know, Greenbelt and Olympic Beach and this sort of thing. But obviously, in in light of you know global national regional local events now with coronavirus. Um, we've, we're have concentrating on trying to give you um, accurate local information, the best medical information we can get from from professionals. So today we welcome back Dr Ivan Camfo once more. Um, third time in the sea for Ivan so he's quite quite used to it now I think. And then we've got Maria Venturi who is pharmacist at the Heatherlands practice in, in Woodchurch just to give a slightly different angle on the um, on the medical side of things and the health side of things. So, um, as usual, Ivan, what's what's new? What, What's um, what's happening for you?
2: So, Andrew, as you know, uh, things are moving at great pace, um, uh, and unfortunately, there are more and more cases that have been diagnosed with coronavirus uh, or COVID nineteen, as it's called. Um, and sadly, we've had. Uh, quite a number of deaths as well, unfortunately. Um, uh, and I'm sad to say that, you know, we still haven't reached the bottom of the peak, the predicted peak, which uh, we expect in the next two to three weeks' time. Because, of course, we're about two to three weeks behind Italy, which is where it's all happening. Um, so uh, the, the the latest uh, sort of uh, th- um, advice that's come from the from the department of health and the government is of course very helpful in that uh, you know we need to stay at home uh, and 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 go through what what is called as uh, isolation uh, social isolation um and social distancing because we all are aware that this virus uh, is spread through movement, and that's why it's so important to stay inside, stay at home, because actually staying at home saves lives. Um, and uh, and we're particularly fortunate because we've got Maria here, uh, who has first-hand experience from her mum and aunt uh, around what social uh, isolation and distancing means, and, and, and its impact on, on the community, because it is definitely having a major impact, not only um, on on the things we buy in in, in our society and community, but also um, in the way we are interacting with each each other, um, and obviously the impact on the NHS. So it's really, really important to help our NHS. Um, in this current crisis, which is a pandemic uh, and fast growing and evolving uh, in supporting our NHS and not going out and about and turning up at surgeries or, for that matter, uh, at the hospital.
1: That's right. Things have moved on from from last week. Last week when we met, I think we just got the news that pubs and bars, restaurants had to close. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, by by the Monday, we were in this sort of... um, people call it lockdown it isn't really quite lockdown, but it obviously it, it is a very soft lockdown it's not it's not what we um, what we might come to see and it's not what they have in Italy. I mean Maria first off, is your family okay in in Bologna?
0: Yes, my family are all okay at the moment finally um, my aunt was affected by coronavirus and she was in hospital but now she's back home and she's fine so she's recovered. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. Can you t- um, can you talk positive. us through what, what what happened there and and you know the the story of that?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, basically, she uh, was working as a nurse in the local hospital, and then she was transferred to another hospital to help. Uh, with uh, uh, the uh, uh, new patients arriving every day because I want to remember that my um, region is the second most affected area in Italy Uh, the region is called Emilia-Romagna and after Lombardia is the second one uh, with major contagions, patients and deaths. And then um, she started feeling really tired and she started feeling um, run down. Um, Then the cough started and the the temperature spiked up in a matter of a day. uh, From no temperature to 39, 40 degrees Celsius of temperature and uh, so she went uh, to, mm, to the hospital because uh, she couldn't get through the, uh, the, the telephone line, uh, she tried several times. Uh, I know that's not the best course of action, first of all you should always call the line, the helpline yeah. in, in, in English, in England is 111, yes. Uh, but sometimes you can't get through for days in Italy because of the emergency and the numbers are really high uh, so she was uh, uh, tested immediately, she had a short uh, breathlessness she was uh, um, kind of off, uh, uh, having problem breathing, struggling breathing and the cough was really persistent um, and the, she couldn't uh, um, the, the temperature couldn't down like even with the uh, paracetamol so the feeling that she was describing was kind of suffocating feeling uh, like she like she was in apnea um, but luckily she wasn't um, admitted to uh, just in a hospital in isolation room uh, but what, what she wasn't uh, admitted in intensive therapy because she could uh, um, uh, breathe on her own with a supplement oxygen. Um, so um, the, what she described the most it was the loneliness, being lonely. You can imagine yourself in a room with two people a day coming visiting you, no contact from relatives, no contact from. Um, anybody outside the hospital really the only people you can see behind um, masks and protections are just doctors and nurses um, and that's it Uh, so can you imagine spending all the times there in isolating from your families and your relatives and my mom was getting updates constantly from the hospital on her situation but she wasn't able, obviously, to go uh, see her. She was uh, in an isolating uh, unit, so that was the most struggling part, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, it must be awful if you're just lying there with, with, with this illness and you've got nothing to see or, or do or think about other than this illness, yes. which is really trying to kill you. I mean, it, it is, it is that, that nasty, isn't it? Um, well, I'm glad that she's recovered now and she's home.
0: Yes, she's over, she's still in isolation, self-isolation for further 14 days. Uh, She's uh, completely recovered, but she's still feeling very tired. and uh, also this impacted on their relations uh, with her husband obviously because they weren't able to uh, stay close to each other um, or exchange like just a few words through the doors, they were living in two separate apartments so they were lucky enough to have two separate apartments where they could uh, live nearby but still not having the possibility for a hug Let's remind a human being is always a social person. So that's and a hug, a contact with a person, really important for human beings in general. And this virus, really, because of this characteristic, being so contagious. Um, can bring apart people also we are from a town so all the neighbors were talking about my aunt and my uncle like we're uh, having the pests so they were avoiding them completely even though my uncle tested negative and we're telling stories so we have to also look at the aspect yeah. not also from the relationship in, in inside the family but also around you the society in the community around you what they are telling what they're talking about
1: yeah that's that's really interesting because we haven't thought of anything like that how we that could could happen with you in, in your neighborhood or you know with friends yeah. and relatives I mean, before we came on air we were touching on the mental health Um, side of things. I mean, Ivan, do you you see people with anxiety calling the surgery and and are you having to deal with this knock-on effect? So, yes,
2: you're absolutely right, Andrew, and this is becoming increasingly apparent that people uh, who are in self-isolation are beginning to feel anxious, and you know the the normal day to day run of the mill things that they were used to, i.e. going out, meeting others, talking the social aspect, as Maria touched on about you know having conversations, maybe having being tactile uh, uh, with with their relatives and family. Uh, you know that is now certainly on hold, um, and is having an impact on people because they're having to almost rediscover things to do within the house to keep them occupied 24 hours a day and it, it is quite difficult to do because uh, as, you know we we're all used to our uh, this freedom and independence of having to go out and do whatever we want to and suddenly somebody's telling us please don't go out because going out uh, can uh, can uh, make this virus spread so um, it is a real issue. So I've certainly had a few consultations uh, on the telephone with patients who are ca- feeling anxious and uh, perhaps agitated uh, around this and to try and sort of understand, you know, what we can do and how we can help them cope with this is, I think, very important. So, I mean, social media is is very important, uh, you know, in helping with some of this stuff, uh, so you've heard about the Joe Wicks exercise uh, routine, which is apparently viral and everybody's doing it, and other things that are going on, like drawing. and uh, There's a friend of mine uh, who is joining in a in a in a Bollywood dancing uh, sort of thing on on Skype with his friends in India and Australia uh, yeah. and Canada and so on and so forth. And somebody was talking about yoga, doing yoga uh, in in, uh, in in tandem with friends uh, on 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 Skype or other social out, uh, platforms. Um, I, I think all these things are important because, as Maria points out, that, and it's, it is really fundamental to us all, is that we're all as human beings, we're all social, and to suddenly be excluded from that and be isolated completely can be quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, also, let's not forget, you know, we all have relatives and family and are elderly uh, who, you know, we need to keep an eye on. So perhaps just talking to them, uh, FaceTiming them or Skyping them or speaking to them on the phone is, is important just to make sure everybody's in contact and, uh, you know, they, they, they don't feel uh, left out.
1: Yeah, do you, do the pair of you have sort of um, mindfulness tips, is is just taking a few minutes to be uh, sort of, you know, alone and deep breathing and breathing exercises and focusing on things like that, is is that, would you recommend that, that line of, uh, there, uh, there's, there's apps you can download for this, I use, there's a Headspace app, which is, which I find really quite good sometimes. And, um,
2: Yes, I think that's really good because just just taking a few minutes to sort of compose yourself, get some perspective on things, um, to to understand what's going on. Because ultimately, this is this 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 uh, pandemic is going to end at some point. We don't know when uh, currently, but uh, you know, it's it's certainly going to be longer than twelve weeks. Um, But the the important thing is we've got to keep composed, we've got to keep it in perspective, we've got to look after each other, uh, and we have to do the right thing. The social responsibility of doing the right thing is fundamental to all this. Uh, Looking after our neighbours, looking after our elderly relatives, um, and just watching out for everyone I think is important. Uh, And so, you know, collectively, as as a community, as a society, as a nation, we can beat this virus. Uh, We'll find, hopefully, a vaccine, which is uh, perhaps not going to be immediate, uh, but, you know, we can find uh, ways of defeating this, uh, but we can do it collectively, because we all have a responsibility uh, for doing it, Um, and not just people working in the NHS, but... Every
1: one of us in the community. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I like to bring back uh, Maria. in, obviously, you know, as a pharmacist, um, the time is going to come when you're going to be front and centre. I think for you know, testing kits and antibody tests, and um, maybe even vaccines. You know, because I mean, it seems like they get the flu flu jab in Tesco's by the pharmacist. You know, so there's going to be a huge effort. I think you know your profession is going to be have its moment at some point in this crisis where you're going to be absolutely in focus and absolutely crucial can you talk us through um how you see antibody tests and the testing or whether you have immunity or testing for the virus and maybe even a vaccine how you see that coming forward what, what's your thoughts on it
0: um, I was reading the other day about these, and um, I think it would be really uh, useful to uh, for to have like a, a sort of a, a map of what, which people have already produced antibodies. Because we have to remember that this uh, virus in some people manifests only with mild symptoms, so a lot of people don't really know that they had it. For example, yeah. and uh, this test would allow also to uh, see if uh, uh, a person had it and uh, maybe see um, uh, whether, maybe at the end of, of it, if already produced the antibodies for the virus, for the coronavirus. So, uh, I think is a, a step forward and, and, uh, and from an epidemiology point of view it could be really useful in the future. So, I would recommend uh, when, when the test will come for sale for people to take the test. Um, I've been reading that still they don't know when your body is able to produce antibodies how many days it takes for your body to produce antibodies for coronavirus um so that is not certain if uh that will detect people who have who have like who have it or just had who had, who had the, or just in the past so but that would be really still useful and it would could be useful even if you would be connected to a sort of an app or something that people can um share the results to have uh, like a like Full national picture of what uh, was the real impact, because at the moment not everyone is get tested. Only people with symptoms, and maybe uh, some people uh, like the healthcare professionals or some doctors and nurses are getting tested. From as far as I know, but not everybody gets tested. Uh, so we would understand the full extent probably of the of the 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 pandemic. So early
1: in in the in the story of this that you know, but do things do things do seem to be moving quickly on that front? I mean, the, you know, the prime minister is seems very uh, positive that, that these things will come forward, and there must be a huge huge effort in by the all the, the drug companies, I imagine, and
2: and science and research uh, universities around the country. So you're absolutely right, Andrew. Um, so uh, you know, the prime minister's initiative to set up this Nightingale hospital. Of four thousand beds, two thousand uh, on each ward um, uh, in London is is vital towards uh, this uh, this measure, um, and I understand there may be something similar coming up in Birmingham. So the, the the current understanding from the data we have is that men are more prone to getting this virus than women. So uh, three out of five are men, and only two out of five are women. And that's for some strange reason, people who smoke, uh, and some of the data comes from China, people who smoke are more prone to having this virus, uh, and people in their 80s are 10 times more likely to get this virus than, than perhaps younger people. And predominantly, the virus seems to be predominantly in, in London uh, because of congestion, because of the tubes, because of the, uh, the, the number of people there. So th- these are these are some of the statistics we have. Now I know that there's uh, the government bought uh, quite a substantial amount of uh, testing kits for antibodies. Um, but one uh, one suggestion is from, uh, from a friend of mine is that perhaps 50% of the NHS staff in 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 and around Greater London have been infected or affected by the coronavirus. And so this is going to have quite a big impact on not only just the, the workforce working in the NHS, but also on, on the population that it is serving. So, you know, the government's initiative around trying to get volunteers to help out in the NHS, hugely welcome. You know, uh, and lots of people enthusiastically have come forward to, to volunteer. That's really, really helpful, and we're very grateful and thankful for that. And GPs and doctors who have retired in the last three years uh, have been asked to come back and help help the NHS uh, sustain this fight and win this eventually. But we can only really do this as, as, as a community together, as a society together, and as a nation united against it. And that's really, really important. Every one of us has a role to play in this uh, fight against coronavirus. And it's just as important. Um, so, we need to listen to the scientific and the medical advice coming from the Department of Health and from the government. We need to really adhere to this self isolation and social isolation and social distancing of two metres. That's really important. You know, we can't go to the parks and all congregate in the park. We can't go to the beach on a sunny day and all get there because. This virus mm. will spread like wildfire and will cause mania and more deaths, and that's one thing we don't want.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the outcome or the, the response to the government's um, call for volunteers has been incredible, hasn't it? I mean, that has mm. been, been off off the scale, um, and, and hopefully the, that is a great help to the NHS in, in deliveries and drivers and lifts to people um etc but to me it seemed that the lockdown that we have and i'm using the fingers here that no one can see um was a response to the london situation as much as anything wasn't it mm. I I maybe, maybe maria could tell us what is lockdown in italy compared to lockdown here because i suspect it's quite a bit stricter
0: Oof. Yes. Uh, um yes. Um here is very much stricter like compared to here. For example, public parks are closed. The first thing um you need to have like um a paper, a document that states where you're going, uh, when are you going out, that justify, how to certify um, where you're going. So for example, if you're going shopping, you need to write, I'm going out to do shopping, and if they stop you and you don't have this piece of paper with you, they can fine you up to 2,000 euros and uh, if you don't have any reason to be out and you and uh, the police or the army find you uh, they can even uh, uh, put you in prison for up to three months Um, also now the prime minister has introduced even Mm stricter rules for example in some uh, um, uh, cities you can't even go walk more than 200 meters out of your house and if you need to go shopping, you need to be to produce a substantial amount of food. So you can't go out just for a pint of milk, let's say. If they find you just with a pint of milk uh, that you went out to the supermarket just for that, they can fine you. So, um, obviously gathering, uh, they get dispersed so, uh, and fines are applied, um, for example, in pharmacies. Uh, uh, if you uh, don't respect social distancing, the pharmacist or the pharmacy staff can call the army or the police and they can come to you and find you just because you haven't respected the social distancing. So, yeah, the lockdown rules are very strict and I think that soon that should be applied in the UK. I know that force might not resolve this, might be not the solution, but if we keep going, uh, out, uh, I don't know, I'm just uh, saying West Kirby Promenade for a walk and we all crowd it on New Brighton Promenade. We're not going to stop the spread of this virus at all. If we keep sending the the um, children the playground of a vale Park in New Brighton, that's not how it should uh, work.
1: Uh, yeah, we've, got to, we've got to use it with discretion, haven't we? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I think that is the government's policy seems to be gradually to turn the screw down rather than go for the clamp down. and I think I think that refers to the London issue because the lesson from Italy was if you clamp down one part of the country that part of the country just gets on a train and goes to another part of the country and spreads the virus around the country so that was I think the the right response but I think Mm -hmm. on Wirral Things aren't actually too bad virus-wise. I, I think it was 16 coronavirus patients that I saw last. I don't know what the very latest data is, but it's, it's not it's not the worst in the country, is it?
2: No, I mean, so you're absolutely right. It's not certainly the worst, but I think there may have been a couple of deaths at the weekend uh, from coronavirus uh, in the hospital. Um, unconfirmed, I must say, Um, but, uh, you know, yes, I mean, compared to London, uh, we're we're nowhere near that that level, Uh, but compared to London, we are possibly rural as well, Um, but that doesn't sort of uh, exclude us from the threat of coronavirus because oh, once it spreads it spreads and again I think Maria makes a really good point that you know uh, because we, we've had some lovely weather haven't we over the last few days uh, and your natural response is to go out um, and we, we have to stop doing that you know staying at home means staying at home social isolation means social isolation means staying at home because unless we do that we are basically putting everybody in our communities, in our societies, at risk of, of this. And, and this thing multiplies, uh, you know, like there's no tomorrow. And it's so important uh, to, to, to be socially aware that, you know, uh, by our inaction or by our, our lack of adhering to what advice is being given, we can put others at risk. So, you know, Please, please, please stay at home. It's going to save lives. It's going to help us in the NHS to fight this. It's going to help support all of us and uh, sustain life.
1: Yeah, Which, of course, is, is the whole approach, isn't it? Is to manage a situation that the NHS can be in control of and have the beds for and the equipment for and the PPE for. That's the whole background to it, isn't it? I mean, M- Maria, do you think we've learned lessons from Italy and do you think we're employing those lessons here? Do you, do you, do you think we're, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say benefiting, but do you think we are um, say learning the lessons and a bit wiser maybe? Mm,
0: I can only speak from what I see, which I, uh, is from what I see every day in the pharmacy um, and uh, f- I can see that uh, since uh, um, Boris Johnson has given, um, had taken this, those uh, new uh, measures, then people are more aware of what's going on. But uh, I don't think we are fully prepared for what is to come, especially. Um, um in this area to be honest i think the uh, behavior of people uh, is still like uh, on the soft side oh yeah um like they don't really uh see the situation um I hope the the hospitals are like uh, re- uh, creating new um, wards for the COVID nineteen and uh, the creating uh, uh, new intensive therapy u- units. Um, so, I think uh, uh, stricter rules uh, are yet to come, and uh, hopefully by the time uh, the we will have more cases that uh, will be prepared but at the moment the behavior of the people is not as you would expect uh, to be honest with you no um we've got customers that still don't care i need to say yeah. that
2: so yeah, please
0: uh, be aware and watch the news watch what's happening in spain italy um, all over europe really france and uh, please stay home, as uh, Dr. Camphor was uh, saying, and try to limit your your time out uh, to the essential, and uh, please keep ourselves safe, and respect the NHS workers, that's uh, with a very important, with no exception, from the carer, to the pharmacist, to the GP, please, uh, just uh, respect social distancing, wash your hands, uh, and uh, think about others.
1: Just on the pharmacy front, Maria, um, how should we be approaching um, our pharmacies at the minute? Because obviously, I mean, it, and it's with the whole of the NHS. Normal business still goes on, doesn't it? So, yeah. how do we get pick up our prescriptions? What's the best way to do it? how, how do we how do we effectively help you to help us in, in the situation?
0: Okay, so first of all, stay away from the counter, at least a couple of meters if you can. Um, if there is a sign uh, put in place by the pharmacy, just stay where the signs. Don't put your hands on the counter. Uh, we also sign the prescription on your behalf, so don't worry about that. If the pharmacy doesn't have a lot of space available, please uh, wait outside to enter the premises. So, queue outside, Uh, always maintaining social distance, yeah, that's very important. And uh, what we do usually, we put the prescription on the counter, we go away from the counter and then you can come closer and pick up your prescriptions, that's it. Uh, if you need some advice, unfortunately, you need to stay away from the counter again. Um, and also for privacy, uh, we ask customers to stay outside if the premises are not big enough. Um, if you can, please give us a ring for advices, And also remember, we are having the triple of the workload uh, at the moment and we are understaffed so be patient if your prescription is not ready after two hours you've ordered it we are sorry but we haven't got the staff to assemble your prescription and get it ready so please uh, just be patient and eventually your prescription will be ready order well in time your medications and make sure you never run out so don't order at the last minute and if you ask for delivery, also arrange delivery in times because we got uh, limited delivery slots, like supermarkets and every any other retailer. So please, uh, if uh, you want uh, medication delivered, we are doing our best to accommodate the needs of everyone. But please be patient and don't shout at us at the phone or at the counter. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> be kind and, and be nice everyone is trying their best and I've no no doubt through the nation you know 99 percent of people are absolutely you know fully behind um, yourself like Survive, and all the NHS workers the doctors nurses from the cleaner right the way through um, and at, right now there's no one more important than the cleaner in many ways is that um, just on the on the drug side with told, um, just for information, that paracetamol is is the drug that we should take if we feel we are starting with, with this, not ibuprofen. Could you just so that's, explain that's that right. to
0: us? Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the evidence is that if you're using ibuprofen actually multiplies the virus um, and therefore not to use ibuprofen uh, and to just use ordinary paracetamol. And can I just also make a plug here, because uh, we've found this not only just on the World, but actually na- nationally, that people are ringing up and asking, and we've never used an inhaler for the last five or six years, and don't normally use inhalers, asking for inhalers and rescue packs. Uh, that is not helpful, A, because it's not going to help with uh, coronavirus, and some people are asking for steroids, and again, steroids are not helpful uh, because they can actually make coronavirus uh, spread faster um, and the, uh, as they affect your immunity. So, uh, you know, as far as uh, uh, ibuprofen's concerned, ibuprofen shouldn't be taken. It's not recommended because there's evidence that it will multiply the virus again you know uh please be careful uh when you're ordering inhalers and steroids and rescue packs because if you don't need it you don't need to order it it causes a national shortage in supply and plus it there is no evidence that it actually will help with the fight against COVID 19.
1: yeah it's the same advice as last week when we had dr alan johnston on wasn't it saying don't don't double up your prescriptions I'm um, get you know stock up two months supply because all that means is we'll have no supplies for May. So that's, that's again. That is really crucial that you know mm-hmm. people people don't you know um, Just be selfish in this there will be enough just be patient and everything will, will, will turn out okay So is there anything else that you you want no. to cover? Ivan, Maria, anything else you'd no, like no, to say?
2: No,
1: anything, anything from Italy Maria, do you want to say? Want to say hello to everybody in Italy because you they can access the podcast. Yeah. We, can go, we can go international.
0: Yeah, I uh, say hello to all my family: my mom, my dad, my auntie, my uncle, my cousins, uh, everybody that is listening to me, my friends. Uh, um, we say uh, it in Italian. A un grande abbraccio a tutti i miei amici italiani, alla mia famiglia. Per favore, state in casa e forza Italia. Oh.
1: lovely and we wish them all the best as well um hopefully um I mean as I saw today Italy's now perhaps over the worst that's the they're, they're thinking that they they have reached the top of their their peak which i think is good news um I think importantly we touched on this last week Ivan in that we mentioned our peak and Italy's peak and were you thinking would two weeks three weeks behind
2: we're two
1: and three weeks behind. The crucial point is that's two or three weeks behind the peak. That doesn't necessarily mean that our peak will be the same as Italy's. We could potentially, if we don't follow the guidelines, we could be higher, and hopefully we can be lower. But it's the timeline that is the peak, isn't it? That's that's what you're referring to.
2: You're absolutely right. And and if we take all the necessary precautions and the advice that's been given, uh, we can actually make the peak smaller. Uh, and therefore avoid deaths, which are unnecessary. Uh, and and the, and therefore, you know, people with poor morbidities, we keep talking about people with diabetes, we keep talking about people with hypertension, with cardiac disease, with cancer, with uh, patients who are immune compromised, need to be just careful, careful and isolate themselves, and social distancing, very important. If there's one message we can give from today, it is, Please stay at home. Please stay at home because it will save lives. This is based on evidence, evidence collected from China, from the world, from Italy and elsewhere. And that's what it's showing. If we can stay at home, we can beat this virus and our mortality will reduce significantly.
1: That's it. And if you've got a comorbidity, then very definitely stay at home because you would be saving your own life. It's the key point with in, in, in those people, isn't it? And their relatives. We spoke last week about, about Mother's Day, um, mm-hmm. I think that was quite well respected, I believe. But I believe a couple of local pubs did open to their discredit, in my opinion, um, yeah. to let people gather as families because you know that, they really shouldn't have done that. Um, but we'll be we'll be back in touch maybe next week, maybe even sooner, seeing how, how things develop. We've, we've done this over Skype, because obviously we are social distancing as well. We didn't want to all be crammed into a small room um, and unnecessary journeys. Um, so we think sound quality is going to come out um, okay. Um, thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Maria. I'm Councillor Andrew Gardner. Um, I hope you've uh, enjoyed the, the podcast um, listeners, and Got some useful um useful advice and some background information. Um so stay safe everyone. Follow the advice, stay at home as much as you can, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you.
0: Get social at the agenda ww on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk